Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this week's message. From independence to interdependence. And tomorrow we will be celebrating in the States Independence Day. Not the film, but the actual Independence Day. So July 4th, 1776, those 13 colonies declared their independence from Great Britain. But fun fact, do you know when Britain allowed the American colonies, or at least recognized the American colonies' independence? Do you know, Linda? Recognized their independence. Not July 4th, 1776. It was 1783, a full seven years later. So the colonies said, guess what? We're independent. We're signing this Declaration of Independence. And Britain was like, well. <laughs> but they recognized it seven years later. <laughs> now, many nations around the world, some of you that are from other, other nations, many nations around the world have their Independence Day. Ours just happens to be on July 4th. So now freedom is wonderful and independence a great privilege. Just ask any teenager who experiences freedom for the first time. Our daughter enjoyed her independence. She could take the bus. She could go to the mall. She enjoyed her independence. Or someone who's gotten those keys and their driving license. And now they've got some wheels. And now I can go and come and go as I please. And they want to go. And it's, oh, freedom is just amazing. It makes me think of um, that lone wolf motorcycle rider. Guy all in leather. There was even a television program. I never watched it, but it was called The Renegade where this guy, just the long hair, just with his motorcycle, drove from town to town. I think he helped people. He has no roots, no home, no family. He just rides at his whims where the wind takes him. A maverick, untethered to anyone or anything. He's a rogue man wandering the earth like Dr. David Bruce Banner. Those of you that know who that is, he's the Incredible Hulk. And while this lifestyle may sound good to some, some people say that sounds amazing to just be that lone wolf. But the reality is that one day, and they don't show this in the television show, I would bet, that one day that guy will look around and discover that he's truly alone, that he doesn't have any support, no one to help him, no one to encourage him, or anyone around to lift him up, and then he'll realize how alone and disconnected he really is That television program isn't going to be made about a guy who's just all alone and he's sad about it. God never intended for any of us to live this way. In fact, God himself said that it is not good for man to be alone. Now, this is the creator, so God knows how we're made, how we're wired, and he says, he made Adam, and it says, boy, it's not good for him to be alone. It is not good for us to be alone. Having an independent spirit can be a weakness and not a strength. Have you ever met somebody just kind of with that independent spirit? They don't have any roots anywhere. They just kind of come and go. Paul was addressing some divisions that began to come into the church at Corinth. And Paul encourages us to use our freedom in Christ to win others to Christ. And he says this, 1 Corinthians 9, 19. For although I am free in every way from anyone's control... I have made myself a bondservant to everyone so that I might gain the more for Christ. He didn't take his freedom to just do whatever he wanted. Paul could have probably, with his education, probably could have got a corporate job in the the highest tower in Jerusalem of the day. But he says, I became a servant to all so that I could win some to Christ. 
Use our freedom in Christ to win others to Christ. A good witness tries to build bridges, not walls. We're called to be witnesses for him. So independence, by definition, means freedom from the control, influence, support, aid, or control from others. Freedom from being governed or ruled by another country. Independence is wonderful, but do know this. And this thought came to me of that old poem, No Man is an Island. And in that, his name was John Don, and he says, No Man is an Island. His poem is about the connection between all of humanity. He argues that people need each other and are better together than they are in isolation or alone because every individual is one part of the greater whole that is humanity itself. See, we need each other. No man is an island. But what this is called is interdependence. So we're moving from independence to interdependence. And it's not the same as independence. By definition, an interdependence is a relationship in which each member is mutually dependent on the others. This is how we're created to function, that God has made us to need each other. So even if we have that rogue spirit or that independent spirit, but God's made us to be interconnected for community. God has made us to need each other. So for us to reach our communities, to reach our nation and the world, we will need everyone doing their part and every member of the church working as a team together. Every believer is a part of Christ's body. We're a family, we're an organism that is together in him. Paul says this in Romans 12, 4, for just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them regularly and I'm going to pause for a minute. Warren Wearsby says this. He says, spiritual gifts are tools to build with, not toys to play with or weapons to fight with. Paul says, exercise them accordingly. And he goes on, if prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. In short, what he's saying is that we belong to each other. We minister to each other and we need each other. See, we need each other. That's the thing I think we've been missing. The church needs each other. The capital C church, his church, his body to accomplish the mission that he's given us to fulfill. We need each other. There's an African proverb that says this. It'll be on the screen. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. See, sometimes we think we need to do this on our own. We need to do this. We need to just blaze the trail and we need to be pressing forward. But we need to be people who take others with us. We need to, to be drawing people and going with us. We need to take them together to grow in your personal life and find the place of fruitfulness and to be effective. And we're gonna have to put away an independent spirit and embrace the potential of interdependence and connectedness. 
So it was one thing for the colonies to declare their independence, but then they had to form a government. So there was much more challenges. As much as independence looked good, as much as signing the thing probably felt good, then they're like, oh no, now what do we do? Where there's that idea for us to be interconnected. We need each other. So I just want you, and I don't usually ask you to do this, but look around, look to your right and to your left. Say to that person, I need you. And I look to the person on the other side and tell them, we need each other. Church, I need you. My, uh, my mandate, my responsibility is, as, as the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I need to give you the equipment. And I need to be encouraging. And I need to be motivating you to do the work of the ministry. But it says that the saints do the work of the ministry. Stephen Covey, in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Has anyone read that book? He says this. Independent thinking alone is not suited to interdependent reality. Independent people who do not have the maturity to think and act interdependently may be good individual producers, but they won't be good leaders or team players. They're not coming from the paradigm of interdependence necessary to succeed in marriage, family, or organizational reality. He's saying that we have to get outside of the independence and doing things alone. And Paul words it like this, and he writes this in 1 Corinthians 12. If you do have your Bible, your phone, your tablet, if you want to follow along, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And he uses this perfect analogy of the human body. And he says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So we understand that. I mean, all of it's part of the body. Verse 13, he says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason or any less part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I am not part of the body, it does not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members each one of them in the body just as he's desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. I'm going to pause for a second. Any of you that have ever stubbed your little toe on a chair or a table, it's a small part, but your whole body knows that you stubbed your toe. He says, and those members of the body which we seem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the members which lacked so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, little toe, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And he doesn't just finish the thought, he finishes it here. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. 
He uses this analogy all of us can understand, all part of the body. I remember this pastor one time was talking and he was using this scripture and he's talking about a nose hair. And he was like, like it's a part that nobody ever thinks about, but it's there. He's like, what if, what if God's called you in the kingdom and you're like the nose hair in God's kingdom? Like a funny thought to think about, but it's all part of the body. It's all needed. To sum this all up is unity. It says we have one Lord. So this is the end of divisions. We have one Lord. We have one God and one baptism. There's one. We minister to one body for the good and building up of the whole church. The idea is to build each other up, to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church. May we learn to respect and appreciate each other's giftings. Friends, we all have different giftings. We all have different ways that we're wired. There are people who, like accountants, who just like numbers and figures and columns and everything needs to be in order. And some people just like fun all the time. Like we're all different. But there's a strength in that. God wants us one. We are each unique. But there are a few things more beautiful to God than seeing his people serving and working together as one. In fact, do you know what the longest prayer of Jesus recorded in the Bible was about? He wasn't praying about these different things. His longest recorded prayer was that we would be one. He prayed and asked the Father that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one. When we work together in unity, it's not just that, but God says this, when we work together in unity, God commands the blessing. In unity, he says, when brethren dwell together in unity, there he commands the blessing, life forevermore. There's an actual blessing when we come together in unity. Just imagine with me for a minute what we could all accomplish together if we understood and embraced interdependence. We need each other. We're part of each other. You know, Jazzy was talking about the little ember last week uh, in his message, and he talked about how if that piece of wood gets separated, that it starts to cool down. And it's that idea that we need each other. A fire is hot when it's together. When the coals are together is when it's optimum. And if you start spreading them all out, they start to, within minutes, they start to cool down. It's something about being together. We need each other. The Bible even says in Proverbs about iron sharpening iron. We need each other. And I think we forgot that. Because it's like, I know the Bible says we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But we need each other. We need to assemble each week. We need to be here together. And I have mentioned this before, but if you read in the Exodus that it's like 40 days. They've crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. They've seen the fire come down on the mountain and Moses is up there. And in 40 days of seeing God move, 40 days, they're making a golden calf. And it's like, I, I myself, if I've missed three weeks of church, it's almost like I have never even attended. Like, I need to be here. I need to be with other believers. We need to appreciate each other's giftings. We're all different. And that's a good thing. We want unity, not uniformity. You know? We want that uniqueness. And there's stuff that... that like I said, some people grasp in, in accounting and, and, and bookkeeping and, and different things that are, are just outside of, of my normal. But probably what my normal is to them probably isn't the same, but we need each other. So here's four ways that we can understand interdependence. 
First of all, and I think we need to know this, everyone is important. We need each other. We need every single person. Everyone has something to offer to the kingdom of God. And that's what I'm saying. Even our teenagers, don't, don't check out. Don't be like, oh, I don't want to do this. God has a purpose and a plan for everyone. That includes you. That includes everyone. There's no one outside of his plan. You are important to the plan of God. God's placed you, teenagers, even in your schools, in your communities, you're important to God's plan. Know this, no one is superior to another, nor inferior. And I know when the, the um, list of gifts is read out in a lot of places, if you read in, in Corinthians, people are like, oh, that guy's got that gift of this or that, and oh, I wish that I had that. I, I've only got the gift of this. It's like, there's no superior or inferior. God gives the gifts as he wills. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. He says, now there are varieties of gifts. So there's a variety, but the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. The gifts are all to be working together for the common good. Like I said, the edifying, the building up of the church together. The second thing, God has gifted everyone differently to serve him in his kingdom. Everyone has been given specific gifts from God to serve in some capacity. I don't have every gift. You don't have every gift, but together we can do it. It's that idea of interdependence together. In 1 Peter 4.10, he says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Serve one another, minister to one another, carry each other's burdens. Number three, we have a mission in common. He's given us a mission. We have a mission as the church of Jesus to do. Interdependence is, again, not about doing your own thing. It's about coming together to accomplish something much bigger than what we could ever do on our own. God's given us something that's too big for us to do alone, but he's given us something that we could do together. God would never have given us the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel if he never intended that to be possible. So he wouldn't have given us an impossible task. He said that we are to do it, to go into all the world None of us can do this alone. In fact, if you usually go share your faith on the street, if you do any witnessing, it's so much nicer to have a friend or have a partner with you than to just do it alone. It's just sometimes nice just to have a person with you. And number four, there is work to do. So it's not one of those things that we can just put aside. Oh, this is all good. I like the first three. But number four is that there's work to do. We each have to do our part and are expected by God to do our part. See, God can do anything, but he partners with us. And there's parts that we have to do. As the comedian Larry the Cable Guy, if you're familiar with him, he had his, his catchphrase, he's saying, get her done. Friends, in the kingdom of God, we need to get her done. We got work to do. As we said, there's people within a five-minute walk of here who've never heard of Jesus. We have work to do. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says this, and I'll be closing in a moment. And he says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, we can see the day drawing near. We can feel that we're getting closer to the end. We should be a bit more in a hurry about sharing our faith. There's work to do. And I love that. Stimulate each other to good works. Don't forget assembling together. We can see the workings in Ephesians 4. He says this, Paul says in verse 14, 414 of Ephesians. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Friends, building each other up in love. We need to have harmony and unity. We need to continue to work together to accomplish His will that He's given to us. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.